Listen, I, I hate, hate, hate being the guy. I shouldn't even say I hate being the guy. I hate the person who's always like, summer's over the oh, second yeah, yeah, yeah. August 1st rolls around. Feel yeah. that chill in the air? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm starting to cherish the summer weekends now a little differently, you know? Start to enjoy them a little more. All of a sudden, if somebody's asking me to, like Joe, no offense to Joe, no offense to Joe. What? But Joe's like, guys, I'd like to have you over for a barbecue at my place, and I'd like to do it the second last weekend of the summer. I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, to be Joe, fair, I said anytime you, it works. Yeah, so I know. I, yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe's like, guys, Friday night barbecue at my parents' house in Oakville. I was trying to be nice. Uh, I know. He's like, do you want to have this be the the, the last social event of your summer? No. I, I was going to cook for you guys uh, hey, for free. Yeah. Hey, you know what's better than you cooking for the guys? What? A lady doing it. You know, a lady friend, I'm a, a pretty, cute girl. I'm a pretty good cook. Yeah, yeah. I, what would be on the menu? You know what? We don't have time for Here's this. the thing would be on the menu. <laughs> I what I made you. for my entire family this weekend when I went home to the valley. What'd you make? I just barbecued. Yeah. It's not like, I like how you're like, I'm a cook. It's, yeah, okay. First of all, it's all about what you actually marinate it with, right? Yeah, true. And then making sure you have one rule with the barbecue. Don't, don't leave it too long. It. Yeah. I wasn't even planning to use the Don't barbecue. leave it too long. Wow. Keep looking it. No, I was, were, oh, I was planning to slow cook ribs. Some mashed potatoes, some cornbread. Oh, you really trying to impress the people. I'll come. No, fully, that's what that was my plan. the 22-year-old, 23-year-old, sorry, Joe, sorry. I don't know, at a formative time, he was locked inside during the pandemic, maybe got into cooking. Joe, Joe, I was talking about you, actually, the other day with a lady. This could be good or bad. No, it was was all right. I was like, because I said I love my little Jobo, you know, he's my little guy. He's my special little dude. (laughs) Your son. But I was just saying how... Man, it's so crazy to me that you got, you're the most, you're, I think, the most fascinating pandemic person in terms of age group, where you guys got robbed of what was essentially the number one, you're never in the house, you're never doing anything serious party time. Yeah. yeah. For, for, mo- for a lot of us anyways, yeah. where it's like, I got first you're year, 17 but, yeah. to 21, you know, like, yeah. you do not care. That is your prime, I'll jump off the roof yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think what? I can make that? Yeah, exactly. I'll, all, okay, I was going to say, if we, collected, if we collected all the videos on the internet where you go, ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 17 to 21 yeah. age is all of those videos. Yeah, it was that's like 19, be... 20, 21 yeah, is when I was That's what inside. I'm saying. So I that... did work in kitchens for a number of years, though, which yeah. is where I picked up a lot of the yeah, stuff that I did. worked pit? in kitchens. No, Don't make it sound like you're on the bear. You were cleaning dishes. <laughs> I was yeah, not, actually. Yeah. I was not. Yeah, chef. Yeah. I, I was. I, I was in the dish pit when I was sixteen. I will say that the dish pit when yeah. I was sixteen. I should have left you there. <laughs> I love the boys in the dish pit. Shout out to the guys. Jamie's missed you guys. I missed you guys. This was. It's been too long since we've had everybody on the show. It's summer months. Everybody's kind of around doing their own thing. Yeah, I got home this weekend. That was nice. Just kind of yeah, soaked in a little bit of the end of summer. Mm-hmm. And I love when you're throwing the Blue Jays game on, no sound. And doing stuff. Mm. And it's so not, that's what I'll miss about true summer, where you just have the game on and you're like, what's happening? Yeah. Checking in every, yeah. every oh, now and then. Fifth inning? Oh, oh cool. yeah. Okay. And actually, yesterday was really nice, minus the fact that I bet the under. I thought, no way. Nine and a half? And I thought it was crazy. It. I was like, this is a crazy number. It's one of my favorite ones in the last two weeks. 
Bang, 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 bang. Nine home runs. James were like, we're the hardest hitting home run team in the major leagues. Uh, Brandon Belt. People, I actually saw some national baseball people tweeting like the Jays already have this many home runs and it's only the fourth inning or the fifth inning. And I was like, yeah, okay. So even just, this is the first time you've seen the Jays. <laughs> this, is, this has been a little while since you saw them. No, but yesterday was awesome. Right? Like how fun is it seeing a team get hot offensively? Boy, it was pretty sweet. And okay. I'm not saying one thing has anything to do with it. I think that for the most part, it was just Jays had a good approach against Hunter Green, and he was coming off of being away. Wasn't exactly his best stuff yesterday. Jays capitalized on a guy that was struggling to find himself and had a good day at the plate. Awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome day. All the credit to them. But I'm reading a little bit into the Bo Fearless comments. Mm. And I'm kind of curious... Do you have it, Austin? I didn't ask you to get it. You do? Yeah. I'll just just run run Bobachet. This was after the the second game of the series, right? Yeah, this was after the second game of the series because I just saw the headlines and I started reading the quotes and I went, yeah, most of this stuff is basically, uh, yeah, just giving anything, giving a, a nothing burger to the media, trying to make sure that you don't say anything incendiary. And, and I don't think it's incendiary, but I do think that there's something to it. Roll it. I think we need to be fearless, honestly. I mean, I think uh, I don't think any team accomplishes anything special not being fearless. So I think we just need to be fearless and go out there and play our game and be aggressive and uh, get after it. So I love this because if there's one guy on the team that's fearless at the plate, it's Boba Shett. Yeah. Guys, like two strikes, it's totally fine. Whatever, we'll do that. To his detriment, I think a lot of the times where people go, look at Bo, two strikes, no problem. And then you look at the actual numbers and says, yeah, actually, it's probably not good getting two strikes. But, no, he is. He's a fearless player. He's basically had the same demeanor his entire Blue Jays career. This is someone who, think about how often you get a a bow quote. Mm -hmm. Not very frequent for a guy that's one of the most prominent figures in all of Toronto sports. Yeah, A, A guy who's the son of a major leaguer who clearly has a ton of confidence. Not someone that will go out and create a headline. Not someone where, yeah. I think most people would say, what does Bo sound like? That's true, actually. Right? <laughs> and he's the face of the Toronto Blue Jays, unquestionably yeah. now. He came back and you go, oh, yeah, immediately. daddy's home. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's completely different, the energy around the Blue Jays, the second Bo Bichette plays. It was, it was incredible, too, that he was off, that he was injured. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, this is when we go about the rest versus rust thing. I'm not a huge believer in the ring rust stuff. I, I think, yeah, if you've been on, look at Hunjin Ryu. Mm-hmm. was off for God knows how long. Worked his way back. Baseball's a little different. You get a little practice run down in the minors, but Bo has been incredible immediately. And so, whatever. Sports, art, I'm going to make my own interpretation here. I, I think that Bo is looking around the, the locker room right now, and he might see some tight butts. He's probably seen some tight butts with the offense when he was gone. He came back, and those dudes were struggling at the dish. They just DFA'd the dude that was supposed to replace him, which quick side tangent on that. Just mm-hmm. a quick side tangent. Cause we're here on Paul DeYoung. Absolute unequivocal failure, right? He was a nightmare at the dish. He did nothing for this team. He played some all right defense. I guess I don't remember him making any overly spectacular plays, but he wasn't a screw up there. He was kind of as advertised, but a little, little weak with the bat, but from a, when you, if you weren't going to add a bat, and I know David Schneider came in and has provided this team with a bit of a lift at times in the Red Sox series and then in game two against Cincinnati, 
If you weren't going to add another bat and Bo was going to be out and you knew the offense was really, really going to struggle, adding a guy like DeYoung, who was an empty calories guy, well, not even empty calories, zero calories guy, mm-hmm. it... It only added to that. It made a weak lineup feel weaker. And so that, to me, makes it even worse than it actually was with his numbers. That said, that said, you do have to give the front office a little bit of credit for DFAing him instead of just doing what could have been easier, which is, hey, we're going to keep this guy on the bench. He's a vet. In case something else happens, blah, 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 blah. We're going to actually just throw David Schneider back down to the minors. Mm -hmm. They ate a million bucks where they just, and I know people go, what's a million dollars? It's a million dollars. I I would take it. I'd like the million. I think a lot of us would like to even share the million dollars. Like a lot of us, we could could make that go around just fine. Split it four ways here. So so the fact that they convinced them to go, hey, don't worry about this. We're going to just DFA this dude, peace out a million bucks of Paul DeYoung. Mm -hmm. That usually is a pretty good sign of being a big boy club. I do, again, the signing, complete, or the trade, disaster, didn't, I don't, who knows what they even gave up for him, but disaster, all things surrounding Paul DeYoung, guy stunk, couldn't get a hit, nightmare timing for a player like that when the offense was in the doldrums, but big boy stuff, clearing out a guy and saying, you know what, we don't care about the million bucks, we don't care about the optics of this, we're just admitting defeat on it, we're keeping David Schneider here, and guess what, you got to win. You got to win on Saturday because of that. There's no way Paul DeYoung does that. He doesn't mm-hmm. come up with that big home run that, that David Schneider had that puts the Blue Jays out in front. They got to win because of it. Anyways, back to Bo before we get to John. Clearly the face of the franchise. Clearly the thing the team needed right now. Especially, I think that he does provide a little bit of Vlad cover. Like, the Vlad story is now becoming uh, a national one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I don't know if you guys read Mike Petrello's piece on Vlad. Yeah. It's like 11 reasons why he might stink. Mm-hmm. Well, really, it was uh, 11 theories about why he's struggling at the plate. Yeah. But you read every single one of them, and I'm just like nodding, going like, yep, yep, no, yeah. <laughs> hey, that, that's bad. <laughs> this, I think I, the last one was all yeah, the above, too. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> which is the case, right? This is, I, I always think, and what have I been saying all year about Vladdy? It's never one thing, right? It's yeah. usually a bunch of different things. Unless the thing is an injury, it's rarely one thing. It's usually a confluence of events that have caused something, which is why it's like I actually really enjoyed a piece like that. But Bo comes back. He provides a little bit of cover for Vladdy. And he just immediately starts tearing the cover off the baseball and reminds everybody, oh, good. Yes, this guy back. This is the best offensive player on the team. They need him to get red hot down the playoff stretch. But I think that he came in. They win that game. He's hitting right away. And he has the authority and as sort of a leader, this is a bit of a leadership moment for him. He steps up and says that they need to be fearless at the plate. That what, what does that make me think of? A couple things. One, these guys and runners in scoring position, looking at them thinking, man, you guys have been tight all year. Stop it. Yeah. Relax. We need you to not be scared out there when the game's on the line. We need you to be like me where you fall down two strikes. Who cares? Keep battling. Keep pushing. Two, Again, this is just my interpretation. This is the way that I want to hear it. Two, I think he's probably looking around, seeing the standings. Mariners right there getting hot. Julio Rodriguez is the greatest player who ever <laughs> laced up. He's like Shohei Otani's old news. It's all about yeah, J-Rod now. Over Shohei. Shohei, who cares? <laughs> who cares about you even? It's all about J-Rod. Ever since he grabbed that baseball, that catch where he faked it. Oh, yeah. It's like, they. I swear Big to God, mod, the, timing, the timing is almost exact. He has been incredible. Mariners are red hot. The standings are getting tight. 
Blue Jays tight butts at the dish with runners in scoring position. And then I also thought that it was a little bit for Vladdy. I did. I thought it was a little bit of, dude, how many times are you beating the first pitch into the dirt? How many times are you leaving those meatballs? You know that? That was the most interesting stat from the Petrello piece mm-hmm. is how many, and Ennis tweeted it too. So actually, credit to Ennis because he had this thing first out of anybody that I saw, which is that Vladdy's getting more meatballs this season, more down the middle of the plate. Not what I was going to say because that's what I say to friends in private, <laughs> that kind of fastball. But yeah, you get the drift. Mm-hmm. He's leaving those this year. He just doesn't look like a guy that is very confident in his approach. And, and I wondered if Bo, when he's watching Vladdy right now, is thinking, dude, you, you have to, you're the number one guy that needs to be fearless. I trust George Springer is going to come around on this thing. He's going to be all right. Whit Merrifield's hitting 300. What, what's the piece that you miss? It's Vladdy. He's, I think that in some ways, even if it's subconscious, he's got some of that has to be on his mind because of Vladdy. Anyways, uh, John Morosi, MLB Network Insider. And you're in Williamsport for the Little League World Series. That's fun. How are we doing, buddy? Doing great, my friend. One of my favorite trips of the year. We had the Little League Classic last night, the Phillies and Nationals, and, and uh, it's been a very, a very great trip. I actually have my entire family with me, which is Ooh. the, which is a very a fitting thing to do to, to have the the Morosi minivan depart from mm. Michigan. My, my three kids in the back. It's, a, it's it. just it's a great. Uh, it's a great story. Great, great family time. I was going to say, is that one of them right now? Was one of them just yapping at you just right now? Yeah, well, yeah. That, that was certainly them. The, yeah. the, the three of them were, <laughs> were coming down to ask me if they could have more Fruit Loops yeah. or, oh, yes, yeah. you guys can all go up and find Mama. Go yeah. for it. Dude, so, that, uh, yeah, so, that, so JD, you, you never know with this yeah. group. Man, that's one of the best things about a road trip with the family when I was younger was cereal. Is like... Now you're at home. Breakfast is healthy. You're on the road. You used to get. Do they still have those, John? I'm not a family. Do they still have the little mini boxes of cereal where the kids all fight over which boxes that they're going to get, and they basically have to do a draft, like the power rankings of the cereals? So it's a great question, and and I can report to you Thank about you. the. Yes. the uh, I, I can report to you about what what we have found here on our travels. The the, the variety of. Uh, of cereals still exist mm-hmm. in the in the continental breakfast, yeah. but it, it they're they're not really in the boxes because of course uh, that would be that's not environmentally friendly. Uh, so, but they are in what I what I actually think are are cooler, which are those massive hoppers of cereal, mm-hmm. and and then you you sort of turn the you turn the dial and yeah. then the cereal is dispensed. So yeah. you usually have, I think we've, we've got three options here this morning. That's all that right. That seems to be quite standard. Yeah, yeah. more than right. enough. But that's all box. you need. I yeah. like how how we're like. We can't have the box. It's not environmentally friendly. And meanwhile, I saw today, this morning, I woke up, I opened up Instagram. The first thing I saw is, it's like, here's Neymar on his own Boeing jet that he's flying across Europe. And you're like, yeah, that's probably a little bit more than the little cereal box I want. I got to feel guilty about the cereal box while Neymar flies around in a private Boeing jet. Or Leo DiCaprio, who's making a movie like, guys, global warming is very serious. And then he's on a yacht. I read the other day that's like, yeah, actually, this thing, the travel of one of his trips is more than your car is going to use in a lifetime. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Anyways, uh, moving off of it. So I, I got to start with this, John. What are people around baseball saying about Vladdy right now? Because like I said, it feels like there's a bit of a tipping point where this is becoming a conversation that's bigger than just uh, here in Toronto. No, I, I think it is a massive conversation. And I, I heard uh, what you mentioned about the, the very excellent and detailed piece that uh, Mike Petriello wrote at MLB.com about this exact topic. I mean, it is a, it's a, it's a story. 
And I think it's a story because we just saw a couple of years back a great MVP discussion between him and, and Shoei, and obviously it's not it's, we're not there right now. And and also the conversation about what his market value is, and, and that's another very rich topic because uh, for a while it looked as though he was going to be paid like one of the greats, and now the numbers just simply don't say that he should be. Uh, we, we've talked about this before, how he's effectively a, an average player at first base um, in the major leagues right now. And, and when you look at it and, and consider his peers at the position, that's basically where he's at. And in fact, he's even tipped below average. You look at um, right now at Fangraphs, he ranks 20th in war among first basemen in, in major league baseball uh, behind behind Ty France, behind Alec Bohm, who's now playing third base back predominantly. He's behind Carlos Santana, who was just traded at the deadline. He's behind Spencer Torkelson. He's behind a lot of guys. And uh, I just think that there's there's a lot of reasons for it. And Mike's piece mentioned them. I think to your point, he's he's getting he's getting balls in the strike zone that he's not doing damage on. Mm-hmm. And that's really as simple as it is. I mean, there's there's not there's not a very uh, like esoteric explanation here. He's just, he's not doing damage on pitches that he should be doing damage on. And the result is a, a fairly average offensive output and uh, nowhere close to being the, the franchise type first baseman that he's been in the past. And the one that he expects to be paid like, because mm-hmm. the numbers just simply do not compute to a contract like that. Well, that's just it is you, if you would have told me a couple of years ago, Hey, Laddie's got to get in on a three hundred plus million dollar contract. Everyone would have said, "Yeah, that's that's a lock. That's that's a hundred percent going to happen for this guy, whether it's in Toronto, whether it's somebody else." And now, yeah, it seems it seems nuts to think about him as a three hundred million dollar guy. And I wonder if again, we're in the middle of a season. The Jays are in the middle of a playoff chase, and yeah, they're neck and neck with the Mariners and the wild card. And now I guess Houston's in there too. But how, how do you think? Like, if there's an, any indication for you as to how this is kind of going to go this offseason, because the the one thing with the Blue Jays has always been, at least from the fan perception standpoint, and even to a degree, um, media members and insiders, the consensus was always kind of like, hey, it's going to be really hard for the Jays to get Bo and Vladdy under contract, but one of them certainly they will end up doing. And Bo has his guaranteed money. He doesn't seem like a guy who's afraid to bet on himself. And all of a sudden you have the situation with Vladdy where now you're going to have to, what, potentially let him go into a- another year without a contract extension? Do you think that it's likely that, let's put it this way, as of right now, do you think it's likely that both of those guys enter their final years without contract extensions? Uh, likely, uh, likely might be a little strong for me in terms of uh, saying that because I, I do think that that there's at least a, a reasonable chance that Bo could get done as a, as a multi-year deal. Just because, to your point, they they were able to agree on uh, on a yep. two-year deal that I think was very uh, productive and, and mutually beneficial to both sides. Bo is also, in my judgment, you see his his path a bit more. And you also honestly have seen in the last um, couple weeks what this team is without him, and it's just not the same group. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they could, if, if you look at their group, and, and if you were to ask yourself if they had to be without Vladdy for a couple weeks, how different would they be relative to how they are without Bo? There's really no comparison right no, now. No, and I, I think I think the one the one thing I would say, and, and this is going to be fascinating this off season 
And as a little bit of a preview, number one, I just I would not see any scenario in which you could say that and, and make your team better. I think with respect to, to Vladdy, I realize he's coming off a down year, but let's just say for the sake of argument, you know that, that it's likely that a major first baseman is going to be out there on the, on the trade market in Pete Alonso. So you, you know that there are going to be teams that are active in that space already. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think it's logical to say, hey, listen, here's someone who, is, who has played at this level before, had a down year, but what, what can we do for him? What, what would you see for him out there? And I think that there's a way to almost piggyback off of the Alonzo market and, and let Alonzo gauge things. And then Alonzo is only, only has one year left before free agency. Vladdy has two. So you can kind of price, price them off each other a little bit and, and then I think make that, make that decision based on you know, what kind of offers come in. And, and I think for me, it's entirely possible that Vladdy would, would bring back, because it's an additional year of control, offers that are somewhat comparable to what you're talking about for Alonzo. Mm-hmm. And also there might be some teams like, for example, the Phillies, who you would say are probably less likely to be trade partners for the Mets. But if the Phillies are comfortable with Harper playing the outfield again next year, mm-hmm. um, depending on how the rest of their club plays out, would, would the Phillies want to take Vladdy and, mm-hmm. and, and have that? I, I do think that's one team that I could see. You know, Dave Dombrowski has always liked having stars. Um, I, I think Vladdy in the right circumstance, what, what would that ballpark be for him? I, I, I think that's a, that'd be a really intriguing option. I think for both, both parties there and, and maybe see if there's some young talent that the Jays could bring in and, and maybe look at the future that way. Uh, I was talking to Ennis about this last week, the last show when we did, Hey, what happens if you trade Vladdy scenarios, right? Or should you even entertain the idea of trading Vladdy? Clearly they have to talk to other teams, right? They have to gauge what's out there. I think it's irresponsible in general to just say, hey, all players are off the table. Don't even call us about somebody. But no, I think that you'd even field offers on Vladdy, like the kind of scenario that you're outlining. My my only fear is this. If I was a Jays fan, this is the exact kind of trade I would want, where you go, hey, there was a guy who was an MVP candidate who's 24 years old, who's got really good hard hit rate and who has this incredible pedigree and yeah, we can't really put exactly what it is that's happening to this guy, but we feel like if there's one or two things that might change, all of a sudden you could have an MVP candidate on your hands. And I'm like, yeah, that's that. Yeah, do that trade. <laughs> and now it's being flipped and you say, well, no, you're the ones who would be shipping the player out. And as frustrating as this season has been for Vladdy and also this, I think the strongest case for the Jays would be. How else do you make your team better? And how could you round out a group that, yeah, is going to lose their third baseman, going to lose a bunch of guys in free agency, like Whit Merrifield's going to be gone, doesn't have a bunch of burgeoning players in the minor leagues, right? They, they've really got a lot of work to do with the position players. Vladdy could really end up helping that. But boy, it's just the, the risk of a move like that, I would have to assume that, yeah, Vladdy's value would still be high. This would basically, what I'm getting to is, if they would entertain something like that, are we kind of dismissing the idea that you're quote selling low on a player as in you wouldn't really get that great of a return for him if he was shopped this off season? Here's what I would say to that is that there, so the, the, the upside value of keeping him is that there, there has to be a reasonable chance that he bounces back. Like he didn't forget how to hit. Yeah. Okay. So like he's, so any, I, I think to, to answer your question, the only way you trade him 
is if you've got a really great yeah. offer. That's the only way that you would do it. Because if, if you don't have a great offer, you keep them. And, and, and you hope on the bounce back. Mm-hmm. If, someone, if someone gives you an offer that meaningfully uh, improves your club um, for, for next year and, and you think gives you greater overall value, make the deal. Mm-hmm. But if, if, they, if, they don't, if they don't overwhelm you, then just keep Vladdy and, and say to yourself exactly the very logical uh, thought process that you outlined. Mm-hmm. You've got a new – you need to get a new third baseman. Uh, you need to figure out the outfield. That kind of a thought process is, is exactly right, unless you look at it and say, okay, wait a minute. What if, what, if we, what if we trade Vladdy and that allows us to get a third baseman and an outfielder, depending on how the deal comes together, and if, if trading him – satisfies two needs and then you look to first base and 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 find somebody that you believe can approximate his his value mm-hmm. then then go for that i mean that, that's that's the irony here is that at that position you are like there's if you look at the the overall production that vladdy has had at least based on mm-hmm. when you above replacement he's not that far away from what josh bell is doing no, josh no. bell's a free agent yeah so so if you need if you need what what Vladdy has done for you this year, okay. Well, then if you can trade Vladdy and, and get yourself a starting third baseman and a yep. and a potential outfielder, do that. 100%. Sign Josh Bell or sign Carlos Santana, and and then they'll basically do what Vladdy's doing this year. No question. Again, Vladdy's 121st out of 140 qualified players in Fangraphs WAR. Like it's just it's it's not it's a it's an uglier season than. I think a lot of people have wanted to admit for a long time, given Vladdy's age and his stature with the organization. And yeah, just to like, oh, I think that there's also actually a little bit of Bo Bichette struggled all year last year and people were really uh, killing Bo for it. Myself included, right? I went, what the hell is the season? What is happening here? And then all of a sudden down the stretch, he just, he was so incredible that his numbers leveled off to exactly the guy he is. And he went, holy crap. Okay. Maybe we don't want to get a little too reactionary here, but yeah, it is different with Vladdy and you're right. It's just, it's, it's way easier to replace what he's giving you. And I, I, I wanted to get to that essentially with you, which is dispelling the myth that, Hey, the blue Jays would be trading low. Obviously if they traded him after his MVP season, they would be getting more than what they would be getting now. But yes, there, I think there's a bit of a misnomer amongst the fans right now where they're going, well, you can't trade Vladdy cause you'll get nothing back. We're saying here that the only scenario that he's getting traded is if you're getting something of significant back. Okay. So do you think this does material affect Bobachet? Like the way the front office handles him this offseason, going, okay, well, Vladdy, we don't know. It's a it's a mystery. Maybe he's being shopped. Maybe he's not. Maybe we're just letting those two years run down and see what happens. We'll risk it. We'll bet on ourselves or we'll bet on him. But do you think that even after an offseason, like Bo's getting paid now for the next couple of years. He's making $11 bucks next season. He's making 16 the following. Do you think that, yeah, it was pretty quiet with his negotiation in general. It just kind of hit. It was like, hey, they're going to go to arbitration. No, they're not because they don't want to upset the player. Um, yeah, what do you think that looks like this offseason between Bo Bichette and the Blue Jays? Uh, and and I, I guess I would say this, that the fact that he's got a, a multi-year deal that takes him all the way through the RB years makes it a, a little bit less urgent to, to negotiate that deal on top of this deal. And, and yeah. by that I mean you've already had you've already had the conversation about multi-year deals. I'm I'm sure in the course of talking last offseason, they got to know what Bo's price point would be theoretically for a longer-term deal, and so they they know that. And as of February of this year, 
they weren't able to, to make a seven or an eight year deal work. He's got the guaranteed money. He seems to your point to, to be comfortable betting on himself. Mm-hmm. I, I, at that point. So it, I guess what I would say is if you're Bo, where, where is your incentive to do that deal? Mm-hmm. And I, it would appear to me that it's relatively low. You've got a contract for two more years. You've got guaranteed money coming in. Why, why do that? And, and I think that Bo looks at the market. I mean, obviously he's from a, from a professional baseball family. He gets it. He probably looks around and says, wait a minute, if I get to be a free agent in two more years, what, what options will there be for me? Uh, how interesting will that marketplace be? I kind of think he plays this thing out. I mean, I just, I look at it and ask myself, what what is his incentive to, to one year later do a deal that gives up free agent years? And he he obviously didn't seem too eager to do that in February. So I'm just not really sure what, what would change that would make him want to do that now. So it's, it's not a very, uh, it's kind of an uncomfortable situation for the Jays because if if you look at the reality and say, okay, if, if Bo is going to leave, potentially after 25 mm-hmm. and then you look around your, your team and say, wait a minute, where's my next group of young position players who are going to be the, the heartbeat of my offense by then. Mm-hmm. Maybe David Schneider becomes that kind of a player, uh, but you know, Kirk could potentially could still be on the team at that point, but you're starting to ask some guys to, to really hang around and lengthen out their primes. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. they've, they've got some tough, tough decisions to make. And that's where, they're trying to thread the needle here by extending this, this window to win. And it's not going to be a very easy conversation, JD, this, no. this off season. No. And, and you're bang on. And that's, I, I think the incentive for Bo or the scenario that I'm trying to outline here to a degree is what changes for you is that the Jays don't have another bullet in the gun with Vladdy anymore. There's no other way to appease the winning window and the fan base with Vladimir Guerrero jr. Like if they announced that contract this off season, unless it was some kind of an, insane bargain that Vladdy was just going to say, you know what? I'm not paying myself. And then people would be even afraid of it too. Cause they would be going, wait, why is this guy willing to sign this terrible contract with two more years left before he can? Yeah. Yeah. You, you get my drift with Bo. It's that he's now got the organization over a barrel where he would be going, you know what? The time is actually now for me to negotiate this deal because you guys have to be feeling that stress to a certain degree. You want to have some certainty with your organization. Hell, the thing like what I want to get to next is Alec Manoa too. It's like, you know, the Jays thought that they had three guys that were the faces of their franchise last year. And now they have one like the long-term fate, like guarantee ish, as far as you can go with guarantees in the sport, it's Bo. And so that would be my incentive. If I'm him is I'm at least going to the table and offering something outlandish and saying, if you want me to sign a long-term deal, this is the number. It's crazy. You probably won't consider it. But maybe given all those circumstances, the organization goes, you know what? This is crazy, but yeah, we can't, we can't live in a reality where, yeah, Vlad is the guy or Manoa doesn't bounce back. Anyway, um, yeah, last thing. Do you, what's your read on the Manoa situation? Because apparently there's a plan. This was reported by uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith about, hey, uh, he's still in Toronto. They want him to start in AAA, but he's, he's not there yet. They don't know exactly what's going on. Um, yeah, I, I guess this is sort of a two-parter. What do you make of just that situation in general where they're not just sending him down and letting him pitch immediately? And do you have any insight into, yeah, how Manoa has been dealing with this demotion, especially after the Florida Complex League stuff? It is now getting to be a bit of a concerning situation. I mean, for me, I would say this. It's now been 11 days since we last saw him on the mountain. Yeah. 
Um, and so if, if you're trying to work your way back to the major leagues, my, my thought would be that he should be on a mound somewhere that we're seeing him pitch. And, and he's working on the things that, that the Jays know that he needs to work on. And clearly from at least a, a public pers- perspective, that's not happening. So I'm, I'm a little bit, a little bit concerned about that, I suppose, is what I would, is, is the word I would use uh, just because I'm not, I'm not sure what the plan is. And, and also to what extent he's, he's still a strong option to make a start for them. If let's say, and hope it doesn't happen. Somebody has a strained elbow at some point in time in the Jays rotation in the next month. Is he the guy that gets the ball? We, if he's not pitching, we don't know. I mean, how stretched out he is. I mean, the one thing the Jays have been to this point in time this season is incredibly blessed with good health in the starting rotation area. You look at other teams, I think the Rays, the last I checked, it had 16 different starting pitchers this year. The Jays have had basically half that. And that is a massive difference. And so, um, I, yeah, I'm, I am a little bit perplexed. I, I, I can understand the emotion for, for Alec that, that he probably believes in his own heart. Look, I went down to the minor leagues. I, I worked on some adjustments, and I, I did what was asked. Obviously, the first start against Detroit was tremendous. It was eight strikeouts and no walks. Mm-hmm. But then the walks came back. And, mm-hmm. and I think that the reality is, and it's tough, he did have a good solid outing against the Red Sox at Fenway, which was another good data point. But the reality is, I think we all see this, there are five better starting pitchers in the Jays organization mm-hmm. than him right now. There, there are five. And so I, I understand the, the Jays' idea here, which is basically he's not one of the best five. And I understand Alex's perspective that, hey, I, I've shown at least against Detroit and against Boston that I've still got something. So, uh, But at the end of the day, I know it's tough from a pride standpoint and, and everything else, but I would say that much more than, than throwing simulated games, that if, if, if I were him and if I wanted to prove to the Jays that I could still be part of this team and maybe even make a playoff roster at some point to give you length, I would need to be on a mound in a competitive situation showing them that I'm working on the things that were talked about and, and being in the team environment. I, I, I'm just I'm a little bit old school in that way. I think that being in the team environment, being accountable to your teammates and, and taking a start every fifth day, is the best thing that he could do at this time, in my view. And mm-hmm. we'll see what happens here in the, in the days and weeks ahead. Yeah, that, that's just it to me. Is I, I hadn't even really thought about it. Like, I until I saw the piece kind of pop up on sportsnet.ca and was like, yeah, Manoa's still in Toronto. And I went, huh? He's He's been off the team. Like you said, it's 11 days. And I just went, I, I and I'm not trying to, I, I know that people always get mad, media members are like, well, find something else to talk about. And I'm like, I've always felt like this story this year has even been a little underrated, understated, given, yeah, Manoa is a hyper-competitive guy who absolutely believes in himself and who loves to compete, loves the game. And you send him down to Florida Complex League, he says, all right, I'm doing everything that you want. Um, it's at a personal sacrifice to him. And he comes back, and the results are mixed, right? But it wasn't like, like you mentioned, it's been Detroit was good, Boston was good, and then there was one other start in there. I want to say maybe... Seattle, it was all right. It was like not a disastrous one. And then there was, it was basically a mixed bag where it was like two were really bad. One was okay or two were okay. Two were solid. 
And if I'm him, I'm like, damn, you're really going to do this to me again? Or there's at least potential for him to be pretty upset about this entire situation, not getting that opportunity. And yeah, I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this plays out over, yeah, the course of this last little stretch run and then the postseason. Uh, and then, yeah, the offseason, of course, too. John, um, enjoy the time with your family. Thanks so much for uh, spending some time with me today. And yeah, go hit. You still, yeah, is it? It's, it's brunch time or breakfast time. Like, yeah, crush those amazing cereals. Treat yourself. Yes, I, I think that's the plan. I, I'm going to help myself to the cereal bar as the kids Hell already yes. have. And we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll look forward to our next conversation, JD. Beauty. Thanks so much. See you, man. Thanks. Uh, John Morosi. Down at the Little League World Series. That's not really a Canadian thing. Like we, all we get up here is the one clip. If there's a kid that says something funny, yeah. Where there was that one kid who went, "I hit dingers" or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. It's like I like chicks and dingers, and you're like, okay. <laughs> or, or cash money. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. I. The only thing is the those those kids is where you're like, how much of the prom thing is coming? The Canadian team got crushed this year at the World Series. Yeah, oh, they, yeah, they, they lost ten one to Mexico. Ouchie. Also, there was some there was some guy some kid that was hitting like eighty something on the radar gun. Really? Yeah, against really? Canada. Yeah, oh, it's against like, Canada. They got, oh, no. they got perfect gamed. Hmm. They're in their tournament opener. Oh, it's a tough one. <laughs> Shout out to the kids. Uh, <laughs> tough way to go out. Okay, so yeah, quick couple things off that. One, what is this? San Diego was the oh, other. Oh, you, you, you were talking about Manoa start. San Diego is the other one where he gave up four oh. runs and. I was like, yeah. these write in, so Joe Sorry, writes I meant in my document where I keep all my stuff. <laughs> I, he, I meant to write, write mess start. <laughs> He's my stats guy. Normally I'm like, hey, Joe, let's go to you for the stats. <laughs> he wrote San Diego was the other mess start. And I'm like, okay, yeah. All right, that makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> except for, yeah, you didn't write start, wrote star. Anyway, um, yeah, Manoa. Okay, quick, 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 quick. Couple quick things. One, that that's a really scary scenario. The one that we're outlining here is like, hey, uh, Jays are in a playoff race. That's the main focus, blah, blah, blah. But what, what are you supposed to say? Like, they're, they're going to be in it. They're going to battle. I was actually trying to think to myself two things in reference to the wildcard race. One is, was actually that a better outcome? Like, you're on the outside looking in, right? You're still behind Seattle mm-hmm. because they kicked the crap out of Houston, but now Houston's in the mix too. Yeah. Like that you dragged somebody else down. down like you're, muck. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, is it, would you have preferred that the Jays were still in it with the Mariners behind them with that weird tiebreaker scenario, but they're mm. nipping at their heels and you're mm. like, oh boy. And, but that the Astros would have been above them and it would have just been a two team race. Or do you prefer the three team race? I actually don't know what the math says about that. The, this, the math, <laughs> the math might not be mathing yeah, on this is yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but to me, I actually thought, that's the better scenario. Even though the Astros we all think of as like clutch and mature and they'll definitely make it, I went, yeah. They're only a game ahead. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'd rather close. It's way more fun with yeah, the three teams. That's, Plus, like, imagine the Astros, imagine like the Astros don't make it. Yeah. Baseball fans would rejoice. Of course. <laughs> so that's all. I was just kind of wondering that scenario where I went, what would we prefer? Mariners got smushed. They were a little bit further back. They're a game and a half back of the Jays, but the mm. it's just two teams. Right. Or but then Houston would be like Houston. three, four games ahead at that point. I think the Jays have the tiebreaker with Houston too. I'm almost positive they do. I'm almost positive that the Jays pulled that one out in the middle of the year, and that was a big story. I remember thinking actually when they were reporting on it, because my, my phantom memory here was them going, hey, that was a big outing. They get the tiebreaker with Houston and blah, blah, blah. And I went, we're in... June or something. It was early. It was very early. 
Anyway, so there's that. So that's my positive spin for that. But two is, I was thinking about this with Vladdy. You have Belt, and the offense has been so crap, but Bobachet just came back. And the one thing that stuck out from Petrello's piece on MLB.com for me, that because there were so many things that, like, I'm not going to pretend numerically I knew when it came to Vladdy, right? But there were a lot of things in the piece, for those of you that haven't read it, it's up on MLB.com right now. I think he's actually, for those of you that haven't read the piece, listen to Jay's Talk Plus today because the magnificent Blake Murphy is going to have Mike Petrello on. T- so it's like the two top dogs in the number scene are going to discuss this very number heavy article. Mm-hmm. I'm very, I will listen. I can't wait to listen. So listen to Jay's Talk Plus later today. 1030, you said? Boom. Blake Murphy, 1030, or podcasts, whatever. You're, you're not around at 1030? We got podcasts, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. Subscribe to this one, too. Listen you where are. you find podcasts. So yeah, go listen to Blake's interview today. Um, so there were all these things in the piece where I went, yep, yep, this checks out, but here's some numbers behind it. Now I feel smarter, even yeah. though I'll never be able to reference it yeah, off the yeah. cuff, you know? But a lot of stuff that you're I just, need... like, from watching, you're like, that yeah. tracks. No, exactly. Like, basically, I'm going to keep it in a tab all year yeah, long. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to have it ready. So did that, you actually know? Yeah. And then you just click yeah, over Yeah, I'm going to be like, did you know that <laughs> distance on barrels by exit velo in 2019 was... Three seven five. <laughs> yeah, 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 like I, that's me, uh, lying. <laughs> me when I lie. Yeah, lying when I know things, or lying and saying I know something. But okay, no, he. This was theory number two. He's not hitting the ball as far as you'd think, given how hard he's hitting it. And this is from Patrell. He's like, quote, "This oddity, and this is this is crazy. Is that when he's getting those meatballs?" And the ones that he's hitting with like pure barrels, he's not hitting them nearly as far. He's he's hitting them an average of 365 feet. The average is 385 feet. It's the shortest of his career. Mm-hmm. He has the finger injury thing yesterday, and I kind of went, hmm. I wonder if you give him a little bit of a breather give him here. A breath, yeah. It's just so weird to think about that when you're in a dog fight for yeah. a wild card spot, and this guy was your one of your all-stars this year. Mm-hmm. This is the supposed face of your franchise, the runner-up face of your franchise, whatever the hell he actually is to this team. He's clearly, again, his OPS, his OPS plus is 116. He's a, an above-average major league hitter. They, He's been one of their best guys with runners in scoring position this year. He's like hitting 300 when runners in scoring position. And yet, there's actually a conversation with this guy right now of, hey, um, if the finger is even... Like, let's say the finger's at 75%. Mm. You let him sit. Because clearly, if, if he's at 100, you don't even screw around. You're just like, yeah. dude, get back out there. Yeah, figure exactly. it out. But if the finger is, like, he can play. Like, he's, what do they say? Hurt, not injured. If he's mm. hurt, not injured, do you just run him out there and say, yo, Vladdy, go? We need you. Or do you say, you know what? Take a couple days off. Don't work out. You know, okay. Anybody who works out knows this, and this is kind of the funny thing about. So you lose your gains always immediately, like especially at my age. It's like I take three days off working out, and I have two bad meals, and I'm like, holy crap, 
It's over. <laughs> I'm done. I'm retired. It's everything that I worked so hard for this entire time. It's over. It's over. It's over. I'm finished. He's still young. He's still in his prime. But there is something too. like you take those rest days when you take a couple of days off in a row and you go back to the gym and you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to be so weak. Mm-hmm. And then you're actually stronger. and You're yeah. like, whoa, yeah. I'm a beast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm out here just crushing. <laughs> and then the next day your arms are spaghetti noodles and yeah. you don't know, like you can't do anything. You can't even lift a cereal but, box. But that's it. Yeah. Not even the little kids one. <laughs> But there is something to that. So I wonder, maybe, maybe, just maybe, they consider that with Vladdy. It's at least a talking point, which, again, to me is nuts, and I feel st- I feel stupid saying it. When the words come out of my mouth, mm-hmm. you, you, people, you can go, so wait, you're saying the team that can't hit, that's been struggling to score runs, you want them to take the OPS plus 116 guy out of the right. lineup? What, what, what series would you set him for, then? Like the you, Baltimore one? That's, that's, that's what I'm saying, which is the craziest part. Yeah. They got an off day today. Mm-hmm. And what happens if you just like told them, yo, rest. Rest for a couple of these games. But also, dude, it's weird. There's so many things that would, could happen with this. There's no, there's no winning for the Vladdy narrative if you go into the Baltimore series without him unless he comes back and tears the cover off the baseball and is amazing, like unless it works out. Because the risk of that is crazy because yeah. there's two scenarios here. You go into Baltimore and you beat their ass finally and you do without Vladdy. And then it just gets louder where people go, we didn't even need Vlad. And that's maybe why they won. (laughs) You get that guy? That guy shows up at the party, right? Yeah. That's bad. All of a sudden, maybe he doesn't feel as connected. I'm sure he does feel connected to the team, but maybe that puts him in his own head even a little bit more Mm. where he went, you guys are having fun without me? The team wins without him. (laughs) You ever see all your friends do a trip? That's the worst. Am I the problem? Yeah. You see it all your friends and they come back and they start telling all the stories and you're like, yeah, how about you shut up about yeah. that trip I couldn't come on or that place you guys went together and I wasn't a part <laughs> of like, it. It like so much fun, yeah. guys. Yeah, shut up about that time without me time. One inside joke reference and you're like, oh my God, yeah. I hate all of you. Yeah, no. I don't even know. I, I'm going to get new friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find it. I'm going to find a new group. I'm going to find a new group. Yeah, that's the only way. I got to get rid of this group. Uh, yeah, hey, we had lots of good years together. Uh, it's just time to meet some new bros, you know, branch out. Maybe I will go to Joe's Barbecue. <laughs> oh, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then the option two is you lose that series and you lose a couple of games and maybe it's by a couple of swings of the bat. And then you also wonder, oh boy, whoops, maybe we should have had the guy <laughs> who hits it sometimes in the lineup and who's done it with runners in scoring positions. So yeah, it's a, it's a little pickle of a jam, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not an easy scenario they've outlined for the, or that they've created for themselves and well, that Vlad Jr. has created for the team as well. But I do wonder. I don't think it's the craziest. Let's just put it this way. For a team that is half game out of the wild card, who is fighting tooth and nail to get in the playoffs, who has struggled offensively, I think there's a case for them to rest their all-star slugger first baseman for a couple of games heading into a series against a divisional rival that has completely owned them this season (laughs) and who... I think the Jays would benefit greatly from beating psychologically Mm -hmm. in a series. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, quick break. Let's come back. Sportsnet 590, the fan. All right. It's what you always say, Toronto sports fans. I just wanted meaningful baseball (laughs) in August and September. Well, you got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. 
and you don't have to watch Paul DeYoung play baseball anymore. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. 136 OPS. <laughs> hey, he fielded a couple of grounders. Uh, every, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but that was not fun at all watching him play. Oof. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't all his fault. You're right. Because if, if he, if that dude would have just showed up and the team was 2015 Jays or even last year's Blue Jays offense, you would have been fine. You would have gone, oh, cool, slick fielding. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Put him ninth in the lineup. Yeah, but yeah. With, with everybody struggling and then having all of a sudden innings where it would be him, Varsho, and Espinal, you would go, oh, yeah, can't do this right now. Thank you. Wait, this, this is supposed to be an entertainment product? We're supposed to pay for this? Out, out, out. Yeah, anyway, uh, we're going to get off the radio portion, but I got, we got a bunch of stuff in the pod today. Yeah, obviously now we're going to talk cereals. Obviously. Everyone's all fired up for cereal talk. (laughs) Simon immediately put it in. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I also like this. James Harden says it's too late to mend relationships with Sixers. He's like, yeah, man, you already said the the, the Maury thing. (laughs) Why did we need clarification on this? But yeah, the UFC 292, some more Twitter shenanigans. We'll do all that in the pod only. So subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars if you're a good person and you like this and you want to support it without doing anything really. Just one button. Share it. Do all those things. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus. I'll share best bet later. And then, yeah, head over to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, test and talk and test and talk and test and talk and test and talk and test and talk. All right, podcast time. Leave that in. (laughs) That was good. That was good stuff. That was really nice. It was like the harmonies on, by the way, the Chili Peppers album or Pet Sounds. Like, ooh, wow, look at these amazing harmonies. Anyway, um, all right. You guys want to do cereal talk? Yeah, what do you want to talk, talk about? Cereal? Why, who wrote that down? Simon, Simon put it in. Like, yeah, cereal talk. All right. What do you got to say about so cereal? You have to take it away. There's just, there's so many takes, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many takes, right? There's just a lot to uh, unpack here. This could okay. go really right. long. It could go many different ways. Where do you want to begin? I think that the best way to just do this probably is like, give me, what's your Mount Rushmore of cereals? Hmm. So top four. Hmm. Cause like. That's really hard because it is for me, Mount Rushmore cereals changes a lot, but I, sure. I will say that if I, if I, if you told me, Hey, um, you're, you've got to only have four. I don't need cereal anymore. Like I'm an no, adult. Of course not. I don't right? Like I'm an adult. So the premise here is not like, Hey, desert Island, you need to have, cause the only cereal I still eat is granola, mm-hmm, right. which I'll throw on top of yogurt or treat myself Correct. to a bowl once in a while. I buy the like protein ones. I love how I'm such a sucker thing. People just put like protein on a yeah. bag of stuff, and I look at them like, "Yeah, that's good for me." <laughs> yeah, oh, I'll put that in. Protein there. And, and fibers, sh- and you're like, "Yep." No, I'm in. you look at the sugar on some of these things, and you're like, "Whoa, whoops." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe just some egg whites. Maybe just some Greek yogurt. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Mount Rushmore of cereals. I'm just gonna do this as though it was my favorite sugary cereals yes, of all sure. time. That I love. Because if you say something like, well, Vector, I would... No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is like nostalgia is stuff. Vector like, this is still real? Yeah. I don't know, but... V- you- Vector's still around. Yeah. Why did Vector, why did Vector just catch a stray? Because Vector. I'm just saying that Vector? Vector, Vector had a moment where it was like... Vector was basically... that When I think about the early 2000s, in terms of diet culture, it was the yeah. Atkins diet and Vector. Yeah, Vector was like... <laughs> Vector was like, there's cereal, and yeah. then there's Vector. Yeah, there's Vector. You, and I would eat Vector before going to school, being like, man, I'm going to have I'm 100 so points I'm tonight. I'm fueled for yeah. the day. I'm ready. Do you see this guy on a mountain bike on the box? <laughs> so Vector-y. 
It was the Vector athletes. Yeah. You eat Vector, yeah. you can do this. No, Vector, Vector was <laughs> real hot. We went from like, we don't really know if we can make any kind of healthy cereals. The healthiest, it was basically sugar in a bowl or shredded wheat. <laughs> and then Vector came in and went, yeah, we'll take over here. We'll, yeah. we'll power you through a day. I wonder if Vector is actually even at all healthy for you. Can't be. Um, I mean, it can be, but I'm sure it's not. um, So, Vector, not on the list. (laughs) (laughs) After Uh, all that. Honorable mention. Here's what I will say. Here's the first things that came to my mind. And so I'm just going to go. This is just off the top of the dome, obviously. Yeah, off the top of my dome, like, immediately, I would say, number one on the Mount Rushmore, no questions asked, like, it's in a different category as Reese Puffs. A bowl of Reese Puffs. I was not expecting that. Oh, my God. A bowl of Reese Puffs and then having the milk. In the bowl. Be chocolatey? Yeah. yeah. So I untouchable. a Nest Quick Puffs no, guy. No, I was going to say that. I loved that I was stuff. just about to Simon annihilate, just it? annihilate those Ooh. people being like, imagine thinking those were comparable <laughs> tough. things. Jail. Listen, if I was, yeah, no, if I was in prison and they were like, you can have Nest Quick, I would be, really? thank you. This is awesome to have. But out in the free market where <laughs> if you free were world? puffing, you know, you're hitting a puff. <laughs> And you would go Nesquik over Reese Puffs? You're saying one puff is dramatically superior to the other. Oh, yeah. Like, unquestionably. <laughs> Every, everything about it. Everything about it. From the texture to the taste to the color. Like, everything about Reese Puffs. Reese Puffs, you can eat dry. Yeah, Nesquik, you can. You no need the milk. No way. Okay, so this is immediately veering off of yeah. the Matt Rushmore conversation. Because yeah. I've got so many other questions. Oh, so my goodness. we're comparing puffs. Yeah. Let's compare toast crunches. Are you a cinnamon oh, toast no, crunch I'm or a none. French toast crunch? I'm a neither. neither. No, I'm a neither. French, French toast. I, French, French toast, yes, for sure. No, French listen. toast was... Okay, please no, don't leave me hanging. Cinnamon oh, toast crunch God. over... French toast no, crunch. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no. no. Uh, the original, well. French toast crunch is number one for me. Yeah, I know, but you're a child, so. You're still <laughs> okay. actually, you're actually, you actually should be the number one person in the polling here. Is, uh, no. <laughs> Not like I like, but here's the thing. I don't like French toast anything. So the idea like of even you, just normal no, French toast? even uh-huh. normal French toast, I don't like really? it. Really? Yeah, it doesn't, the texture of it, the bread. Interesting. No, not a fan. Not a fan. There's two things that I hate with breakfast that people just adore and go nuts for. Hollandaise sauce for me. And yeah, and uh, French toast. I've only ever had one hollandaise sauce that I actually liked. I haven't really liked it outside of that. Hollandaise I, sauce is tight. I, it's so good. Yeah, I don't. I, I yeah, could never I, really. I don't, it's it's not for me. It's I not couldn't for really me. get into it. It's just not. Uh, I get it. Uh, what emulsified butter? <laughs> yeah. Although it's funny because if you eat like any uh, amount of hollandaise sauce, it's just you've eaten your butter quotient for 100%. two years. Oh, hundred oh, yeah. percent! It's, it's so hey, bad for you. Yeah, you're not supposed so to. So bad for you. Yeah, I just know some people that all the way through school, every fancy breakfast they would get would be well, Benny. hollandaise sauce. Yeah. Hey, Benny, yeah. Their arteries are crying out for some carrots. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not a big uh, sweet for breakfast guy. Anyway, it, I would want a waffle. I actually kind of like chicken and waffles, but mm. that's really heavy to crush as a brunch. And I would never order a waffle, a Belgian waffle with, you know, that's, I'm an eggs guy. I'm just pure, give me an omelet or the that some variation of that. You know what I started doing, by the way? Yeah. Out for breakfast with like, let's say it's me and my wife, a couple other couples, whatever. There's like mm-hmm. six or whatever. Yeah, because you can't just hang out with another dude. So it's other couples. Yeah, now. you know what I mean. Like, so yeah. right for breakfast, everybody gets their eggs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> everybody gets their eggs or whatever. You know what I've started doing? Kind of a, a pro move here. Order a pancakes for the table. No one wants the full pancake. Yeah. Then you just get a little sweet bite. That's actually a really nice everybody, move. Thank that's you. a really that's sexy move that I'm going to do. I'm stealing that. Yeah, that's a that's a sweet move. That's a sweet move. I like that move. 
redeemed myself from the Nest quick take, so yes. I'm happy with That's that. That's much better. Okay, so You're yeah, back, back to the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Reese Puffs, 100%, no question. Top Puff, top cereal, top everything. Top dog. I'm going Fruit Loops because it's the OG classic. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just like, the, without Fruit Loops, we're nothing. You know? <laughs> Fruit Loops, Fruit Loops. One of the first innovations in the cereal game. If we, <laughs> Fruit Loops is a hero to yeah. the other cereals. And when you were first a kid... Seeing Toucan Sam oh, yeah. Yeah. smell the Fruit Loops and rip around the forest with yeah. his nose <laughs> yeah. and knowing that there could be a possible day that you would also <laughs> get Fruit Loops. Yeah. Massive. No, what, what Fruit Loops did for the game. Fruit Loops and Lucky Charms, I think, are the two top tier like OG sweet cereals yeah. uh-huh. that every single person uh, just strived for. Yeah. Like that's the real debate. Is, they were the you, pinnacle. Yeah, I feel like if there was ever a serial civil war, those two things, like what is at the very top, yeah, Fruit yeah, Loops yeah. and uh, Lucky Charms. They're the Captain America they, and Iron Man yes, of cereals. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> That's a good and analogy. I side with the Toucan Man. Me too. I'm with <laughs> you. Yeah. I'm a Toucan guy through and through. You take your marshmallows, <laughs> your chase the rainbow, kind of racist. Get it out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true, actually. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> I actually do like Lucky Charms. Who doesn't? But no, compared to... Um, remember, you know what was a scam though too. What was a scam is uh, alphabets because oh, yeah. they were oh, just yeah. lucky charms without the without marshmallows. The marshmallows. And <laughs> that's that's where we were in the nineties. Is our parents were like, "This is healthy. It doesn't have marshmallows." <laughs> and you we went, "Yeah, alphabets is a healthy cereal. Part of a nutritious yeah. breakfast. Plus, it teaches you while yeah. you're eating it. Yeah. Exactly. You learn your so, alphabet. <laughs> number one, yeah, puffs. Number two, the OG killer." The top dog, yes. The Godfather, <laughs> Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops, okay. Number three. Now we're into the trickier. Oh, no, no, I know no, what it charms. is. No, I already know what it is. But this, the only re- it, this is definitely on the Mount Rushmore. But you got to eat them quick. Golden Grams. Golden Grams. Oh, really? A little off the board wow. for me, but I love Golden, golden Grams. Golden Grams. They're pretty good. If you can eat the whole bowl of Golden Grams Minute in three half. minutes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. yeah. If you try to leave that once that golden gram goes soggy though, oh no, cool. it's, it's no, like McDonald's done. fries that yeah. go cold. It's yeah. just done. all of a sudden the product has gone from one of the world's greatest <laughs> foods to so like why am I eating this? Bottom tier, yeah. disgusting. Yeah, exactly. Cannot have this. Good pull there. Yeah, C- cannot do it. Good pull there. <sighs> Number four. This is going to be controversial. Oh no, this is going to be controversial. I'm so excited. So am I. Life. I'm thrilled. Life. I agree. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Let's go. Agree. Life. That's cereal. not controversial Love at all. Life. life cereal is like the perfect blend of your parents and you compromise. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. When I and it's called life. It's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I love how having a dude. Now I kind of feel like all my sports takes suck <laughs> because you guys have never reacted yeah. this we way. We jumped you, to life all of a sudden. Up. These guys are literally pointing at me going like, yeah, yeah, this hype man. It's a rally. I, I was, this, is this how it feels to be? <laughs> to be fair, you told me not to react, not to distract you when you're doing yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. So I, I stay stone-faced not to interrupt you. Life cereal for sure. Yes. Rounds you it nailed up. it with the perfect compromise thing. Because like yeah. when I was in elementary school and high school, it was just agreed upon that my mom, when we were going yeah. to No Frills, she was <laughs> oh, picking yeah. up life. I and like that how you like, it was agreed the... upon. Oh, that But like silently, like, you know okay, what I mean? I thought you were saying that it was agreed upon that we were not to ask for the sugary cereal. It's funny, man. The compromise. That that is one of that was one of life's sweetest joys was going to the grocery store and approaching your parents with trash. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the like Roman 
uh, emperor style yeah. thumbs up and thumbs yeah. down that yeah. you would get. We had a rule in our house where like if it was if we were going into a holiday, so like either Christmas or March break, yeah. or like anytime you were off school, we would get a box of sweet cereal. Love it. I, the problem was is that I'm the younger brother. Oh yeah, you got and nothing. So, oh yeah. So like I'd be like, hey Tim, what do you think about this? Yeah. And he'd go, absolutely yeah. not. We're getting what I want. See, I was the oldest <laughs> brother. <laughs> no, I was the oldest brother, so I never even considered this because I Same. just ran the house. Same. I it was just a ran, yeah, it was I a ran, I ran the prison yard. It's like Tim, um, excuse me, yeah. what about Nesquik <laughs> yeah. this time? Absolutely not. Yeah. It's like you'll so. take whatever I give yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> You're way, lucky if I don't crush the whole yeah. box on the first day. So yeah. honorable mention was the the bubble cereal for me was corn pops. I love corn. That was on my yeah. list. Yeah. Love so corn pops I, are pretty solid. Corn, corn pops are on my Mount Rushmore. So, uh, Austin, is there anything that we've left out here? No, no, I think you guys like circled the whole wagon pretty well. I'm having a hard time speaking today. I'm not sure what's going on with pronunciations. I apologize. I mean, you said it fine there. I don't know what's going on. Captain Crunch, overrated, underrated, properly rated? Frosted Flakes, I mean, but I like sugary cereal. I'm a child boy. Yeah, but but Frosted Flakes was also good for me. But Frosted Flakes was like also kind of a bit of a compromiser. It was like. Really? It, yeah, because your parents would be like, hey, here's Frosted no, Flakes. This me, is a sugary cereal. And I'd be like, kind of. Frosted Flakes was too yeah. was too sweet for me to be a compromise. But also, you remember that mm, classic yeah. move? Like, I remember going to, like, my grandma's house and, like, she'd no. have cornflakes. Yeah. And then it would be like, yeah, just yeah. dump a spoonful of sugar yeah. on your cereal. Rice Krispies Krispies, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Lunatics. Rice crazy, but that was a thing. Yeah. The, the, just the, like white sugar. Take yeah. a spoonful and just pour it. it all over your cereal. Berries and white sugar. Oh, my just God. Just dump it, dump it, dump it. And you sure. could do it to no end. There'd yeah. be that little sugar bowl. Yeah. Sugar bowls are out. Sugar bowls I are still way out. Do you? I use it every morning for coffee. I thought you were coffee. No, coffee makes sense. I have, I have a, a small little spoon in there. And but you live yeah, at home with your parents. I'm saying like if you're if you're a millennial... You know how millennials get blamed for killing all the industries? Sugar bowl. Yeah. And now you guys really? are getting a little bit of the heat, which is nice. We got blamed for killing all of everything. everything. But you guys you guys are getting blamed now, Gen Zs, for killing restaurants and, and experiences. And Yeah, well, yeah. Nah, we were doing that too. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, don't worry. Vape and joke. You know who gets the credit for that is, do you ever remember, like, have you ever seen an episode of Mad Men? Like, they all yeah. need just ever hacked darts. Back to back. Everybody was a chain smoker. They were like, you'd go to the doctor and they would say, yeah, you guys smoke more cigs. You're not smoking enough. Like four out of five doctors agree. Yeah, this Winston's is the best. Are the way to go. These are the best cigs. Yeah. Four to five doctors yeah. agree. Sick. No, your guys' thing is that you have no concept of history or anything because nope. that like you say stuff like that anyway. Um, <laughs> you know we Just making a joke. Yeah, lung disease. Uh, so, and TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. You guys have that. Where was I? Uh. I forget. I got. We were up at in that. cereal. Yeah. Cereal talk. That was good though. That no, sugar has bowls. been sugar, sugar bowls. Are gone. Sugar like bowls. No, no. Frosted millennials flakes. definitely killed sugar bowls. We do we're, not have we're a sugar not, bowl. There, in our there's house. no. There's no millennials that are going to have sugar bowls in their place. No. It's just not going to happen. I, 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 I might be the only one. You're not a millennial, and neither your parents. Oh, I'm not a millennial. I'm <laughs> a Gen Z. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's all good. Anyway, problems with that. I, I like how Damn. Austin goes. I'm the one having trouble speaking today. It's like this guy's out here writing typos in the dock. Oh yeah, I was trying to get it in there really quickly. Yeah. San Diego. So unnecessary. See, rational confidence guy. I love though, but and you, the opposite though. It's like, hey, Mackie, do you have a cereal? No, I think you guys cover everything. I'm having trouble speaking today. Like, (laughs) yeah, now say Frosted Flakes, and it was like and then I couldn't say Vector earlier. Just really disappointed in myself. (laughs) Uh, Frosted Frosted Flakes, I I don't even have near the top. Frosted Flakes to me were they're fine in a pinch. They very much apply with the Golden Grams rule, Mm, which is must eat quickly. Cannot let them get soggy. Yeah, must eat quickly. But yeah, Frosted Flakes very mid. What do you think about Cheerios? Fine. Fine. 
Honey nut cereal is like such a standard. Like you know what you're getting. It's a good bowl of cereal. You're fine. You can solid compromise cereal. Yeah. Yeah. But ultimately, my favorite with Honey Nut Cheerios was that when they try to be like, if you eat these, you won't die of a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) Sick. They ran that that for like five years. Hey, you want to live? Like, oh my god, I better start eating Honey Nut Cheerios. Hey, start getting it in you, buddy. Hey, hey, slobs. Better start housing Honey Nut Cheerios. You know what kills men? Heart disease. You know what stops that? (laughs) Dead in its Cheerios. (laughs) Eat them. Clear your heart. Anyway, UFC. UFC 292, Sugar Sean O'Malley, TKO mm-hmm. over Aljamain Sterling. Mm-hmm. In the second round, what was your first reaction to it? Were you surprised? Oh, yes. oh, here's my first yeah. reaction. Yes. Yep. Oh, yep. it's over. It's <laughs> over. The Aljo nightmare is over. There's, I cannot remember a, least le- or a less likable UFC champion. The way he got the belt oh, bothers me to this day. Yeah. And it wasn't. I'll never forget him faking that injury in there. It ruined Piotr Jan's career, which is mm-hmm. fine, but faking the injury and everyone's always like, Oh, can you say he faked it? Cause he went out and did shots. And then he did an interview where he was completely lucid. 10 seconds yeah. later was celebrating. It, it's not even, he did give Piotr Jan. He defended it. So credit to him, but mm-hmm. he never should have had the belt in the first place. He was completely unapologetic about it. He was posting him doing shots that evening, going out and partying that evening, yeah. doing interviews completely lucid. We all saw that he, he clearly took advantage of a rule. Piotr Jan screwed up. That's always been the position, but yes, the way that he unapologetically carried himself after that and the way that he just carries himself in general, I've never been a fan of. Yeah. After he was uh, losing that he just, fight, he's always, too. He's always just felt like a phony to me. Like, uh, Aljamain Stoney, uh, uh, Sterling has always felt like a bit of a phony to me. Mm-hmm. False bravado. And the thing I couldn't help but think of was at the pre-fight media conference when he did the, who's this guy ever fought? I'm oh. going to expose him. Yelling, I'm going to expose him. And how ruthlessly he lost how just this was not a cool back and forth fight this no. was not a aljo had his moments fight. it was just hey you got your ass kicked you got knocked out yeah he embarrassed you sean picked a shot he picked it he embarrassed you and now it's at the point where if your sugar went like you'll give him a rematch for sure aljo mm-hmm. will be back he'll get his rematch he'll give it an opportunity but that was such a de- decisive one that you went, yeah, maybe, you know, Cheeto won, Cheeto next. Yeah. I don't think that's an immediate rematch one. Cheeto and Sean in December, possibly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it, It's it's weird to see a champion get dethroned and then not immediately think rematch. Yeah. He took 18 unanswered shots to the head no, on dude. the ground before yeah. they called it. Like, sure he did. was getting just pummeled. Anyway, I think it's huge for the UFC, too, though, because they pivot from a guy nobody cared about to a guy that everybody cares about. Yeah. And I think Sugar's polarizing too. I'm not like, I'm not a huge fan. I think he's interesting. I think he's compelling. I think that he Mm -hmm. is a entertaining watch. I find same thing. His personality is, is all right. Like he seems pretty cool, but not to the point where I'm, he's not, I think people want him to be like a Conor McGregor type or what. It's just, he's not that he's kind of cool, chill, doubt guy. Um, Little confident, cool look. Yeah, I, I'm into Sugar. I think it's a big yeah. win for the UFC that they finally have somebody that is a champion where you go, oh, you can tell somebody he's fighting tonight mm-hmm. or maybe a fight from now, especially. Yo, Sugar Sean, like, he's fighting. Yeah. Sugar O'Malley's fighting. Yeah, exactly. That people will go, oh, I'm tuning into that. Because right yeah. now, the UFC is just 
paper thin on that. Yeah. Because even I've said this before, Volk Volk to me is the number one, and Makachev is very interesting to me too. Mm-hmm. But those are they, they they don't resonate with the public. Yeah. Volkanovsky does not hit with the average UFC fan the way that he does with the diehards who love him. Mm-hmm. I, I He is incredible. It took me a little while to get into him because he was beating Max, and Max is my guy. Right. But now I'm just a huge Volk dude. He's my number one favorite guy. If he's on a card, I'm definitely watching it. I'm clearing my schedule, making sure I'm watching Volkanovsky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for the casuals, and I say that in a way that's not meant to be as disrespectful to, because in a lot of ways, like, I'm a casual too. Like, I, I think that the UFC hardcores would call me a casual. Right. Um. It's annoying. It's an annoying term, but I'm saying <laughs> that to the person who just wants to see a UFC fight and will tune in for a big name who, who does mm-hmm. get attracted by a star for a fight on Saturday night, Simon's pointing That's to himself. Me. I think that O'Malley <laughs> is kind of the guy that you can hope yeah. draws people back in. It was especially evident right after the fight too. When like the UFC themselves were posting the highlight of the yeah. actual yeah, knockout, yeah, yeah, they yeah. never do that. Yeah. And they don't allow anybody else to post it either. That's and right. it was everywhere. Yeah. They were like, this is our guy. Yeah. This is the face of the UFC well, it's like, going it, forward. I think it's still, so it's weird. The UFC is just in a weird moment with star power. Mm-hmm. John Jones will still is still obviously their number one, right? Yes. John Jones, because he's got the pedigree, the name, he's done it for forever and ever and ever. He's a compelling figure. Everybody knows who he is. They hear that John Jones is fighting, and now that he's a champion, it's it's a big deal. So, mm-hmm. And he's heavyweight. It's, that's it's polarizing. It's, it's number one. It's not even a question. He's clearly the guy. Two is still Izzy. Three, though, I think... I think you can make the case that the number three draw now is going to be Suga. Yeah. After, well, I, after this weekend, yeah, I'd agree with yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's not Makachev. I just talked about Volk. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's It's obviously not Aljo. It's not, it's not, it's not Edwards. It's not Usman. It's not Edwards. Mm-hmm. It's not Pejera. Pejera. Yeah, it's not Pantoja. Pantoja. I'm Brandon Moreno. Guys. I do like it's Brandon not, Moreno, It's though. not. Yeah. No, who who else is it? It's not Gaethje, I think actually would be up there. I think Gaethje would Gaethje, be top five. Poirier is no, pl- Poirier, up there. Not. He's not above those two, but he's up there. No, I just, yeah. There's not, to me, there's, like, now you're getting into the classic guys yeah. where you're like. Jones, yeah, Izzy, yeah. Sugar. No, that's it. Top three. And then obviously Conor, McD- uh, Conor, Conor McGregor, McGregor all yeah. of a sudden McDavid. Conor McDavid would be a big draw. <laughs> I would watch be. that. As a casual, I would tune no, in. No, but that. Conor McGregor, but he's non-existent until he actually steps in. So What, what, what about Chandler? No, he's not. It's not in the top. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not he's in the top if, three. Okay, let's but... put it this way: if if Michael Chandler was fighting Benil Dariush, you wouldn't. Oh, you wouldn't be like a, a, a non UFC fan would never be like, "Oh my God, true. Michael Chandler." I guess Chandler would be for no. like the MMA hardos. No, who Michael. Love Ch- no, the but, MMA stuff but Michael like Chandler's that. entire thing is that he's gotten his ass beat by everybody that yeah. matters. Like entertaining lost, fights, yeah, sure, of course, but he's lost and he's had moments where we thought he was going to beat Oliveira. We had moments where we thought he was going to beat Poirier, but he always has those moments. That's what I mean, he'll, he'll clip the guy, they'll yeah. wobble and then he'll end up losing. No, but he's, yeah, he's, he's a lesser version of what Gaethje is. So mm, yeah, no, true. absolutely not. Anyway. Um, I loved it. I think it's big for the UFC. I think I love, I always like star power. I've made this abundantly clear. Mm-hmm. I know again, it's a casual take to say that the UFC needs stars, but it is nice having someone who looks different with, O'Malley, yeah. where it's like he's got the hair, he's got the tattoos, he's got the length. He's just a lanky, weird-looking guy mm-hmm. in that division. And he can strike. Yeah, he he's <sighs> got a good, uh, compelling style to watch. Yeah, it, it's this is a win. This is a huge, huge, huge win for a organization right now that feels like they have 
guys who are either basically on their way out that are names. Like we're all waiting to see who Jake Paul's next boxing opponent is, oh. right? Like the Diaz's of the world, yeah. right? There's some of the guys that you just mentioned, the Poirier's. It's just like the, these right. guys are on the way out. They haven't been able to develop a lot of young star power. This guy is clearly one of the next hopefuls. And this is what they've wanted all along. That's why yeah. when Aljo goes, how is this guy fought? There was merit to that because he went, yeah, this guy hasn't fought a lot of people because he he has uh, he has been to a degree rushed so that they could have him up. Um, they could have him in a position like this. Mm-hmm. The only thing I will say that is kind of interesting also about Aljo's position. It's mm. like, who has he fought? It's like, Aljo, the only reason that you have any credit is because of the second fight against Piotr Jan, who he beat. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, eh. And he fought TJ Dillashaw with one arm. Yeah, it's a huge loss. Anyway, yeah, exactly. And triple C the, off TJ, of no, a three-year the, the TJ one. The, the triple C one, though, is actually pretty legit. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. legit. No, that, one's, that was a good one. The triple C one, I don't care how long he's off. That, that, one, that one he deserves a lot of credit for. I actually forgot about that. That one's very, very. That was legit. the last one before this one. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I and I forgot, but no, and it, because I hate, I'm just like not an Aljo guy. True. I'm like I didn't even think about that. That one's very, very legit. Anyway, um, the, the TJ one. I remember I was talking about that on the show after, and how he had one arm. <laughs> yeah, I could just never. I there, Aljo could have been one of the greatest champions ever. The way that he won and the way that he comported himself, it just it's one of those things where I'll I would never be able to let that go as a fan of mixed martial arts and yeah, yeah. the. The competition. Gotcha. It just, it, it, it would have never hit with me. He would have had to win forever. I would have given him his flowers. Like I would have given him his due and gone, yeah, he's just, he's gotten rid of a lot of that, but it would have just always bothered me. I never would have liked it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, what's next? Let's do one more quick thing. A story floating around over the weekend. Elon Musk wants to remove the blocking feature from yeah. Twitter or X. I don't even know what I call it anymore. Do I well, call it X Twitter. or Twitter? You call it Twitter. You call it Twitter. Okay, call it Twitter. Twitter. Because every call, article calls it X, and I just like, know, trips but, me out for a second. No, but let's, let's not do that. I already did a whole bit on the show of we need to not call it call X. It X. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he tweeted out block is going to be deleted as a feature except for DMs yeah. and saying it makes no sense. So yeah, makes sense. In, in the article, they, they, they were suggesting there's a software engineer from Twitter, uh, Akil mm-hmm. Mikdad, who was suggesting that it would play out more like a super mute feature yeah, where course. someone wouldn't be able to reply or quote your tweets, but they could still see it. What do you do? You agree or, or disagree with the decision to t- remove blocking? From yeah, listen. The if they can't quote tweet you or reply uh, to you, so I rarely block. The only time I really ever block is like I had this one Maple Leaf account that just kept trying. They sometimes people try to use you as like like misquote you or misrepresent you as a way of being like, look, this is the thing that I don't Improving like. Proving their own agenda. And yeah, and there's just, there was there would be like a couple accounts that try to do that over and over again. And if they're just like waiting to interact with your stuff and try to get like a cheap pop off of your back mm. and they don't actually, because I, I don't mind if someone wants to have some actual discourse on Twitter, but if you're just out there trying to be like, you're this and this makes me so mad, it's about sports. I, I'm pretty, right. I'm pretty quick to mute. The only time I'll block is if it's an account usually where it's just either hateful stuff. Of course. Where I don't ever want them to see my tweets. I don't ever want to interact because it does nothing for me. Yeah. Repeat offenders where it's just like, I keep, I've seen this name over and over and over. Or like, again, usually I'll just mute, but then sometimes you'll start to get like notifications off of something else. And you're like, wait, what's happening here? And then you realize that this is the thing. That, anyway, right. I hate that stuff. Um, so I, I use, and I, by the way, out of the gate before mute, I, I bet you I have a bunch of blocked accounts because probably early I blocked, but I would say in the last maybe five, six years, I got to have 
single digits blocks. Mm. Like I like I said, I can remember exactly the last person I blocked, and it was some leaf lame blog account thing right. where it's and it was the it's the guy who had the worst takes of all time who just he's a weirdo it's, i think i know who you're talking yeah, about yeah, but I'm, yeah, yeah yeah i'm not gonna say it but and then like i said there's just some people that are you the internet's a strange place bro yeah, it's just man, better some weird it's just better sometimes <laughs> to remove yourself from it yeah. and so that's why the block so i if it's a heavily muted function or whatever where people can't quote tweet you and they can't interact at all with your tweet i agree mm-hmm. with it they can still see it that's the which i caveat. think is fine Okay. The only thing about seeing it, though, is that they're just going to take a screenshot of it and, and post then, the tweet. Yeah. Post the tweet and yeah, be yeah, like, look yeah. what this guy's saying, and yeah. then just continue their agenda. And then you don't even see any of it. Anyway, it just, I'll, mostly what I think of with this, where Eli's, it doesn't make sense. Like, shut up. Okay, whatever. Yeah. He, but Eli is done. Uh, Eli. <laughs> Eli. <laughs> Eli Apple. <laughs> new head Elon of Twitter. has done a very good job of just constantly keeping. This is the thing people, I feel, overlook a little bit, is we're still using it. And he still keeps as much as they're his numbers showing that people are on Twitter. I'm not seeing people leave Twitter. Every I haven't gone back to threads. I've post, oh, I posted never. on threads the first night I was Where there. Where can we find you on Blue Sky? Yeah, no. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's, it's We're going to keep Twitter until the wheels fall off. And as yeah. much as the people that are out there that are like, I would never. I, I, I've already gone over this. It's the most. It's the strangest thing ever that. People look at Facebook or Zuckerberg um, or Meta, as we now refer. Like, why are they called Meta? Is because the name Facebook had become so dragged, so horrific with privacy, with data, with misinformation. Look at even the stories that's happening with Meta right now and Canadian news, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it's not good. It's not good, everybody. (laughs) <laughs> and yet people are like, this is the virtuous. It's just shut up. Just shut up. Just shut up. I have a thing with like, I'm so confused. So Elon will text something about whatever change he wants to make. And all these Everyone people runs with it. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing. Like he's yeah. succeeding in that. That's all it. these people are like, wow, look at this idiot yeah. doing it. Like the people who want, who like are so against him oh, dude, that's it. are like, dude, look at this idiot. And then just getting so much more word of mouth and traction to the point yeah. that like, you know, Dude, he's new Trump. We're friggin' talking about it now. Yeah. He's, you know, it's like, Trump. it's the, it's the same, talk, yeah. it's the same stuff. Like, holy, you're just going to log on yeah. anyway. We're all so online you're that we're still, just, we're all going to log yeah, on anyway. You're still using the app. I was going <laughs> to say, you ever go out in public? Jeez. You know what you see? People on their phones. Even, where I draw the line is like, well, those reports where it's like when, when X branches out into like the weird, like financial stuff they want to do, apparently reportedly, allegedly, okay. where it's like, oh man, to verify yourself, you're going to have to like submit like photo ID and all this uh, stuff. Like, yeah. We got to stop giving There's people a, a there, lot of data. I know. That's the big thing. <laughs> well, the, yeah, but you already are. Oh, hundred percent. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean for the generations past us, you yeah, and me yeah. who like early days of the internet probably gave our parents addresses remember? and oh, yeah. email addresses for like garbage stuff. Well, well, I was, was going to say, do you remember this is for the next generation? Do you, uh, do you remember finding out like, wait, the Facebook p- people can find your Facebook pictures. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, those don't go away yeah. when I delete them. And yeah. someone found me drunk at a kegger. Yeah. They're like, mm, that's bad. Yeah. We right? were like the test subject forever. generation. Like for yeah. everybody else, be smarter about where you're getting yeah, your but data. It's, just, it's not. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I'm I, I'm kind of defeatist about it, especially with yeah the way that large language models are just like ripping everything from the internet. It's only going to get worse. But who who cares? Um, <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Who cares? My only point here is that Elon is he's a genius. You can't refute that. And 
all of this stuff, as much as it infuriates people, it's it, like, again, it's Trump. People can't stop clicking on it where they go, oh, I'm mad at Elon article. Like, I'll click it. And you just keep kind of creating. It gets louder and louder and louder. If you really gave a crap, you'd still just use Twitter because it's not affecting. Like, you really think that uh, you guys are going to abandon Twitter and affect his wealth in a material way? Like, no, shut yeah. up. Well, if we boycott it and we give more money to Zuckerberg, that's what I mean. So that stuff pisses me off. But if you boycott just shut up about it and you stop clicking on all the articles and interacting with all the Elon stuff, guess what? You probably stop doing more is screwing out the, the Twitter. Exactly. But the reason he keeps doing it is because everyone's so fascinating. They can't stop going more, 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 and more. And like the fake outrage. Anyway, J- JD.Bunkus mm. at Blue Sky. Yeah. Find him over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. where he'll Best be. Best bets uh, over there on yeah, Blue Sky. He'll be giving all his yeah. thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> doing all those cool guys <laughs> stuff like that anyway all right let's get out of here uh, i'm not going to talk about anything like I, here's here's what i can tell you joe by the way when you're r- putting stuff into the rundown right now mm-hmm. just leave damian lillard stuff out of it yeah, james, <laughs> james, james harden yeah, and damian lillard unless there's a break unless there's a break in the case yeah. <laughs> leave it out <laughs> there's a small little anecdote yeah, exactly. the blazers that's it yeah yeah I don't, i'm like i'm good yeah. uh anyway subscribe to this podcast leave five stars if you want to play botano hit me up in the old DMs at JD Bunkus, Instagram, Twitter, whichever. And then we'll be back tomorrow.